Hi, and welcome to the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. I'm Reverend Jacob Hero Shaw, Senior Pastor of MCC Tampa. In this podcast, you'll hear the readings and sermon from this week's service. If you'd like to view the entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. The link to that can be found in the program notes. Thanks. My name is Jackie Davis Gladney, and today's first scripture is from the Romans. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body, we have many members and not all the members have the same function. So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually we are members of one another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith, ministry in ministering, the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. Good morning. My name is Olga Roig, and today's scripture reading is from the book of Matthew. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but God who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. In the name of God, Sovereign Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The Baudelaire Depression in the country of Chad, which is in the middle of the African continent, was once a vast lake about 10,000 years ago teeming with fish and all kinds of aquatic life, which has since died out as this massive lake has dried up. The fossil remains of those long-dead animals still serve a purpose, though. Windstorms created from a mountain range in the northwest sweep across this vast plain of fossilized dust and pick it up, and they carry it over the entire planet. 
Some lands in the Atlantic Ocean, some actually makes it to the United States, and some, about 22 tons, lands in the Amazon rainforest. Now, the Amazon rainforest, it produces about 20% of the world's oxygen, and it rains. It rains a lot. In fact, the Amazon rainforest receives about 100 inches of rain every year, and that sounds great because, you know, you need to get water to all of those plants, except all that rain, it washes away the soil needed for those plants to grow. Enter the African dust. The dust that's carried across the vast expanse of our planet, it is rich in sulfites, a necessary mineral for those plants in that watershed of torrential rain in the Amazon. And so all that dust, in fact, scientists say exactly the amount of dust that is needed falls every year in the Amazon, replacing the necessary minerals in the soil. Our world is an amazingly connected place. And God's system of creation is a wonder to behold. Now, it's not that I didn't know that. I didn't know that. It's just that this story about dust and wind and rain really deepened my appreciation for the wonder and the awe of God's creation. By the way, you can see that series called Dust on the Netflix show called Connected. And when I watched that show, it deepened the part of me that is an ongoing revelation of the majesty and the mystery that is creation. Revelation, it's a kind of a funny word. Sometimes we think of it as a noun like the name of the last book in the New Testament canon. More often, though, we think of it like a verb, some startling truth, some aha moment. However we might think of it, revelation is always an act of God that inspires great understanding. And it's not something that we can do on our own. In today's Gospel reading, we have Jesus and Peter and the other disciples, and they're traveling around, and Jesus just wants to do a little bit of a check-in. Who do people say that I am? Now, up to this point, Jesus had performed a lot of miracles. He'd done preaching. He's done teaching. And in the context of the disciples, well, that would be a prophet, because that's what prophets do, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And there's a divergence in this Gospel of Matthew from all of the other synoptic Gospels because as Jesus asks the question, we get a little bit more dialogue. The group starts to chatter about prophets and they talk about Elijah, they talk about Jeremiah. But then up comes Peter, who makes this, this startling, this unpredictable announcement. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Now within Jewish tradition, the Messiah was to be the future king of the Jewish people, the ultimate redeemer. And up to this point in the gospel record, there's no evidence to suggest that Jesus was the Messiah. He had not made that pronouncement yet. 
There was no textbook. There was no other scriptural reference. It wasn't like there was a newspaper circulating around that Peter could read to know that Jesus was the Messiah. We, we don't have any written record of a small group of people gossiping about it, maybe putting that in Peter's ear. In fact, of all the ways we can think that we know things, there's no way that Peter could have known that. And yet, Peter knew it. Even though what he was about to say was like totally crazy. Jesus, the Messiah, and it seems like he just blurted that out. And how would Peter have known? How would Peter have known that Jesus was the Messiah? Jesus tells us the answer. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but God, who is in heaven. Jesus and the other disciples in that moment were witness to revelation. And Jesus' response seems to indicate his own amazement at having witnessed to this proclamation. Jesus is very clear about the source of this information, not from flesh and blood, but from God, revealed to Peter. In some sense, I wonder, how did Jesus feel at that very moment? Because it would have been the first time that he was truly seen for who he was. Webster defines revelation as a surprising and previously unknown fact. Well, that certainly seems to fit our gospel reading this morning. What that definition doesn't capture, certainly for the life of a Christian, is that revelation, revelation is also purposeful. I was 16 when I went to a Christian retreat with my youth group at the time, and that retreat changed my life. On the last day of the retreat, I was in the chapel, I was alone, and I was praying. In fact, in many ways, it was like a movie scene. The afternoon light was streaming through the beautiful stained glass windows, and these illumination of color was just dancing all around me. And I was just mesmerized in this dancing, reflective light as I sat there in prayer and silence, and then it started. First, it was a warmth at the center of my chest. And then this warmth grew, and it was followed by the, these waves of energy causing these tingling sensations all over my body, and they were circuambulating all throughout me, going all out into my extremities. And that was followed by a calm and a peace that I had never known. And in the midst of that experience, there was a voice. Not audible as such, but more than just simply a thought. A revelation. And it revealed to me my calling to ministry. Which reminds me of Paul's instruction that we heard this morning. We have gifts that differ according to the grace that we are given. This kind of dramatic unfolding, it happens when we least expect it. And it always calls us beyond 
a new awareness into a new state of being, a new direction, a shift in our lives. Revelation is a process in which God is actively directing us toward something. And sometimes it takes real and deep courage to follow that call. This week I was having a conversation with one of the members of the congregation and she was telling me how she was raised in the Roman Catholic Church. And her experience, like most, was one where rigidity and adherence to orthodoxy of the church was, it was required, it was insisted upon, in fact, it was expected. And that didn't feel right, that didn't sit right for her, but she did it because that's what she knew to do. And then one day, while in the confessional, she had a revelation. This internal knowing, possibly even forged in her resistance to the forces of authority that told her how to think and act about God. And in a spirit of deep courage, she simply got up out of the confessional and left the church to begin a purposeful spiritual journey that helped her land here at MCC Tampa. Now, Revelation doesn't always have to be dramatic in presentation. Sometimes it's simply the outcome that can be dramatic. Reading the Bible. Reading the Bible is a great source of revelation. It provides a shift, a turn, some profound awareness. It alters us our frame of reference, our relationship with God or ourselves or others. We talked about that in our Bible study this past week. We said Scripture's purpose is to point beyond itself, to set us into a living relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. Now, even as Paul is writing this morning about the one body of the church, we have to acknowledge that there have been times when church has injured or dismissed or rejected others. Some in the church have missed the revelation that all of God's people are welcome at that table. We've sometimes missed the revelation that all of God's people count, all of God's people are loved just as they are worthy of communion and community. Some who have been dismissed did not miss the revelation that there were places for them like MCC. And for those that did miss that revelation, we can only grieve in the collective sorrow of what has been lost. Church isn't simply an association of like-minded folks designed for social interaction. As one scholar put it, church is as resilient or as fragile as each of us in our own faith as we make up the church. And God's revelation of love to each of us is a purposeful calling to build up the church, the one body of Christ. Now that isn't to say that revelation is easy to absorb or even to integrate into one's experience. My favorite example of this is sermon writing. Oftentimes God leads me down a path as I write a sermon I have no idea why God wants those words to come out of my mouth. And certainly there are times that I resist. Because what's revealed to me, well, it it just doesn't seem to make sense. 
My very first sermon is a great example of this. I was 18 while I was in school in New Orleans. And the church at the time, the, the head pastor said, you can preach this Sunday at the age of 18. I'm going to owe Reverend Jacob a dollar. I had not gone to homiletics yet, which is a fancy word for how they teach you how to preach. But I preached anyway, and I saw a bumper sticker one day, and it said, let go and let God. Okay, that's what I'm going to preach on. I have no idea why, but that's what I feel called to preach on. Two months after that sermon, the church secretary called me to say there was a letter there for Father Craig Cranston. I thought, wow, I've been ordained, and I didn't even know it. I went down to the church, and I got the letter, and I opened it up. And it was from a woman who had been in New Orleans on business, and she'd had to stay over the weekend to finish up some stuff on Monday. And she writes in there and she says, I don't know why, but I just had this feeling I needed to go to church that Sunday. So she went downstairs, hopped in a cab and said, take me to the nearest church. And he passed five on the way to bring to the church where I was preaching that Sunday. And she says in the letter, I thought your sermon was very clever, let go, let God, that was nice. And I went back to the hotel and I finished my business and I flew home to find that my husband had completed suicide. And it was your sermon. And it was that phrase that allowed me to get through these past two months. So I learned that when the Holy Spirit reveals something to me, my only job is to get out of the way so God can do the work that God needs me to do in this space. I don't know what is being revealed to any one of you out of my sermon today, but I hope something. Because in so much as the gospel reading today is a story about revelation of Jesus as the Messiah, it's also a story of hope for each of us. God is active and present and engaged in revealing to each of us the mystery of love that surrounds us, that permeates us, that embraces us. So this morning, we celebrate the wondrous ways that we are privileged to witness revelation in our own lives and in the lives of those around us. I invite you to prayerfully reflect on that purposeful call in your life, to invite the Holy Spirit to continue to reveal to you the wonder of God's presence, to be open to the miracle of revelation that transforms us, whether it's a small grain of African dust journeying to the Amazon, or as profound as the shifting of one's faith journey. Because Peter isn't the only one that God reveals things to. What is God revealing to you today? In Jesus' name, amen. May the God of revelation continue to reveal to you the love that is around you. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I hope that you've enjoyed the Metropolitan Community Church of Tampa podcast. 
If you'd like to view our entire service, please visit our YouTube channel. Today's program was edited, directed, and produced by my wonderful husband, Alan Hiroshima.